Finding Raleigh. It is Tuesday, November 13th, and welcome to this week's Eye on the Triangle. I'm Jake Langlois. And I'm Andrew Eichen. And we thank you for tuning in. DeAndre Jones is out sick tonight, so we have Andrew here to fill his shoes. That's right, Jake. But that doesn't mean we don't still don't have a great show for you. Night Gene speaks with an NC State student about how to get your foot in the door in the competitive world of undergraduate research. In addition, Jake has some reflections on last week's elections, but from a different perspective than you might think. More on that later. And just so you don't get bored, we've got a funny little radio play for you. That's right. The Fearless Ranger is back. Just because. But before all of that, here's Grant Buckner with our local forecast. How's it looking, Grant? Thanks, Jake. Tonight we're going to see a low of 36 degrees with a 20% chance of rain. With precipitation with clouds early on, that'll clear up late. Tomorrow you can leave your umbrellas at home. There's a 10% chance of rain, and you can expect mostly sunny skies with a high of 55 degrees. On Thursday, November 15th, there's a 20% chance of rain with partly cloudy skies. Unfortunately, the weekend forecast is looking a little gloomy. Friday will be cloudy with a high of 56 degrees and a 20% chance of rain. Anticipate showers on Saturday and bundle up for a high of 50 degrees. We'll see the sun again on Monday with partly cloudy skies and a high of 53 degrees. That's your forecast. Keep your jackets and hand sanitizer nearby. It's cold and flu season. Thanks, Grant. And now we turn to Gene for the latest in the news. Gene? Thanks, Andrew. Following Barack Obama's re-election, there was an appeal to allow Texas to withdraw from the United States. The petition received nearly 65,000 signatures by mid-morning on Tuesday and is currently at 84,000. The criteria for a White House response is 25,000 signatures, yet no comment has been forthcoming. Governor Rick Perry does not support this petition, believing in the greatness of our union. However, similar petitions have been brought forward in 22 other states, including North Carolina. Also, CIA Director David Petraeus has recently been discovered having an affair with Paula Broadwell. The question is, does the extramarital affair pose a threat to national security? Apparently, Petraeus was in danger of being exposed to blackmail and risks one takes when using unofficial email accounts, which he needed in order to keep the affair under wraps. Even though the CIA concluded that no security breach has been identified, Petraeus has been forced to resign his position as director of the CIA. With the past election came many new social changes, including the legalization of recreational marijuana in Colorado and Washington State. The problem with this is that pot is still illegal under federal law, and this has extended into an issue of states' rights, essentially federalism versus moralism. The Obama administration will be faced with the decision of enforcing a federal law in a state that has cast a majority vote against the substance of that law. That's all we have for the news. Thank you for that, Gene. Last week, Eye on the Triangle did not air. Instead, the Raleigh public record was on air covering the election, and covering the Raleigh public record was Cenk Legois. Like many Americans around the country, last week I watched with anticipation as the results of the 2012 election began to trickle in from around the country. But perhaps unlike most Americans, I had a unique opportunity to be on the front lines of the journalistic process, reporting the results for others as they came in. Last week, WKNC partnered with a local online publication, the Raleigh Public Record, a newspaper exclusively devoted to reporting news from around Raleigh. The Eye on the Triangle team was given the opportunity to work with the Raleigh Public Record, as they blogged and broadcast the results from their election headquarters in the Morning Times in downtown Raleigh. They were set to begin broadcasting at 7, but the results wouldn't start coming in until 7.30, after the first polls closed. DeAndre would be blogging the night's results. Jasmine and Jean were out in the field speaking to people around town, and I was put in charge of recording the numbers as they came in and handing them off to the hosts so they could be reading the live results. 
In effect, I was a glorified producer. Now, as soon as 7 p.m. came around, the entire team sprang to life. They had set up a series of guests, voters, politicians, and others from around Raleigh, giving their opinions and expectations on the races that would be unfolding shortly. I myself didn't have much to do except to set up and prepare for the first results to start trickling in. Okay, first results at 7.30. Yeah. No, I got it. And in an instant, first results began coming in. Two precincts reporting this many votes for Romney, this many for Obama, this many votes in. Information starts to trickle in. And the trickle soon becomes a flood as we try to get the numbers out as quickly as we can, going faster and faster until suddenly... Hold on a second. Uh, The internet goes down. I have no way of knowing what's going on. The show is broadcasting and they need results, but I have no way of knowing what's happening. The room goes into a frenzy as the broadcast continues and the contributors work frantically behind the scenes to get the computers back online. So the internet went down and I have absolutely no idea what is happening. Um, Internet went down about four minutes ago and they're right now trying to get it back online. And the show is still going on, and they need their numbers, and they don't have it. So we'll see what happens. So, of course, I did what any person would do in a tight spot. I compromised. In this case, it was borrowing someone's smartphone and making all the phone calls I could, desperately trying to figure out any information I could about what was going on around the country. A little ironic, really. The news source suddenly didn't have the news. Hey, Andrew, listen, it's Jake. Um, I was here in Morning Times, and this, the internet just, just went down. It's just gone. We don't have it anymore. Um, I was wondering if you could just give me some information about what it is. Yeah, no, just go to... Um, yeah, just give me those numbers. What are the... the uh, but it worked. Somehow, miraculously, okay, you said that we got the news out. Point two three, right? Okay, that's Obama. Okay. The internet would continue to plague us all throughout the night, so we all just had to work with what we had, getting information as best we could and hoping it would suffice. And it did. By the time the broadcast ended at 9, there was a combination of people working via the internet, smartphones, and just calling people for the latest news. Yet all of those got me thinking. We were one group out of untold thousands, scrambling to get the news out first. Nervous, unprepared, unsure of what to do. And yet, we had to continue. And I wondered... How many other organizations were out there going through the exact same thing right now? From the largest news outlets to local papers, all of them were working frantically to report the news. And it is this citizen journalism that keeps us alert, keeps us up on our feet, and hopefully informs us just a little bit of what's going on. undergraduate research can be extremely competitive. This week, Gene spoke with Kalyani Joshani on what you can do to differentiate yourself in the often cutthroat undergraduate world.
North Carolina State University is predominantly a research university, with research being the foundation of education and engagement activities at the school. I have gathered some quick facts illustrating the extent of the research focus of the university, and several of these come as a shock. I realized the importance of research at the university. I just never knew its extent. Apparently, the university has $380 million in total research expenditures. 776 active U.S. patents, over 230 products currently available to consumers, and over 90 startup companies have their roots in the university, creating over $1.5 billion in venture capital investment and 3,000 jobs in North Carolina. The university constantly provides information about research being developed here. If you're passionate about any of this research, I strongly encourage reaching out to professors and asking them if they have any undergraduate research positions available. This is a great way to dip your toe in the water research-wise. That is, if you're interested in undergraduate research but do not want to submit a research proposal for a grant, this can help you filter out your interests and help you learn some skills that can be applied for a future grant proposal. Coming up is an interview with freshman Kalyani Joshi, who is a freshman in engineering with a chemical intent, and she has been involved in research for one and a half years, and she will just let us know how she got involved and how easy it is to get started. As long as you're passionate and interested, you can get involved in any research you want. Hey guys, so I'm sitting here today with somebody who has a lot of first-hand experience in undergraduate research, and she's here to tell us all about it and about how she got involved. So thank you so much for coming in. It's a pleasure having you. I was wondering if you could start off by introducing yourself for us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hi, everyone. My name is Kaliani, and I'm a freshman in engineering, and I've been working in a plant biology lab here at State for the past year and a half. Wow, year and a half. So this means you got involved, what is it, the summer before your senior year in high school? Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was actually volunteering at the Museum of Natural Sciences in downtown Raleigh. And as part of a program that I was in, we had weekly sessions with local scientists where they talked about the current work that they were doing and just, you know, really got us interested in it. So I went up to a professor that had just given a talk about plant biology, which had really interested me. And um, I just spoke with her about possibly interning over summer. I explained to her that I was a, like I was going to be a senior in high school. And um, she actually didn't have anything for me, but she gave me the email address of one of her colleagues. And just, you know, taking the initiative, emailing her back and forth, I went in a couple of times to the lab to meet everyone, see what it was like. And we all seemed to click, and it's been going really great ever since then. Okay, so pretty much if you're passionate about something and you show initiative to a professor, they'll probably be more than willing to have you. I mean, it's pretty flattering, like, if someone shows interest in the research that you're doing, Yeah, I mean, right? like, who doesn't love somebody that wants to hear more about what you're doing? And, I mean, just beyond that, everybody at the lab has been so supportive, and I've learned so much, not just about plant biology, but just about different experiences and interacting with people and it's a really supportive community everybody there wants you to learn have different 
experiences, explore different goals, and so on. So it's a really nurturing community. Wow, makes me want to go and work in a plant lab. From what I understand, the research that you're doing, it pertains to sending plants into outer space. Yeah, so that was definitely one of the most exciting projects that we've been working on recently. And so I wasn't a part of sending the plants up to space, but basically the lab that I work in, we study the effects of various environmental stresses on plant cell signaling. So one such environmental stress is gravity. So when we send them up to space, we wanted to see what effect that would have on their signaling, on their growth, things like that. So what I've been working on is measuring the plant root growth. And so it's a bit of an intense process. I mean, we sent up like, I think at least a thousand plants up there, if not more. And so I've kind of been clicking my life away on the computer. But at the same time, it's such a unique opportunity. I mean, how many 18 year olds can say that they've worked with data from space? Not many at all. That's all I can say about that. But before we finish up, is there any information you'd like to share about your research, about how to get involved in research, advice for people who are just starting off on that path? Yeah, so one of the biggest things I'd say is that you have to take the initiative to just sort of explore your passions, explore your interests. And, you know, while the lab that you go and work with, maybe you find out that, you know what, this is not what I want to do at all for the rest of my life. And while that's not as positive as, say, finding out what you do want to do for the rest of your life, it's still a learning experience. I mean, you still learn what you don't like to do. You still learn what you do like to do. So... I definitely recommend um, undergrad research for everyone. I think that it's a really positive way to just meet different people, learn more about yourself. And like I said before, it's a really supportive community. I mean, people there want you to succeed. They want you to do well. Okay, thank you so much for coming in. That was very interesting and informative. And I just want to thank you once again. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I also wanted to include some information for those of you who are interested in getting involved in research more thoroughly. The university offers research grants, which are technically available to anybody, as long as your project proposal is interesting and relevant. For this reason, undergraduate research helps you figure out what your interests are, and you can come up with a better and more interesting project that will more likely get funding from the university. Working in an actual lab with an experienced professor helps you develop the tools and skills that needed to create this project. So I highly recommend it if you're in an engineering field, the sciences, even economics or literature, communications, anything. Just get involved. It'll really help you out and you get to follow your passions. Feel like you're doing something with yourself. And that's a great feeling. Thanks so much for your time, guys. Stay tuned next week for some more weird science. This has been Jean Jarna for WKNC 88.1 The Revolution. We're going to take a quick break, but stick around. We've got more on the way. Dry Oat Germ, the oat germ that leaves you salivating for more, the Fearless Ranger. When we left off last week, the ranger was riding into town with a corpse in tow. Whoa. <laughs> Fearless Ranger, don't you know you're not allowed back here? You killed 17 people last week. I was administering justice. Did you have to kill women and children? Sometimes casualties get in the way of justice. Did you have to sleep with my wife? 
Well, that was for fun. Now I see you dragging a body behind you. Who'd you kill now? What did he ever do? Hmm? I found this stiff and recently deceased pass. Hmm. Third one this week. That's a lot of dead bodies, Ranger, and you're trying to tell me it weren't you? You know I ain't never touched no bow and arrow since my parents died in a frick bow accident. Did they fall on their own errors? No, nah, they was strangled on the bowstring. Shoot, Ranger, we may need your expertise. Looks like there's a killer on the loose. I'll call a town meeting. Come on now, chillums. My honey chillies, calm down. Them's Indian errors. We should go out and find them all. Who done spilled beans on my chaps? It was them Indians. I seen it, I provisioned it, but they wasn't visible. Unbeknownst to the dim-witted denizens of dry Deadwood Gulch, they were finding themselves enmeshed in the machinations of none other than Professor Codswabble, the most intensely evil intellect west of the Mississippi, miles away in his foul den. <laughs> if my predilections are correct, and they always are, my precarious ploy should be put into perpetuation. Ah, uh, Gideon, you're back. You are watching from the hills as I commanded. Hmm? What of the body I instructed you to watch? Some man took it away. Where did he take it? That way. Which way, Gideon? East or west? That one. Back to town. Uh, never mind, Gideon. What did the man look like? He rode a pure white horse. Uh, such a purebred Persian could only belong to one man, the fearless ranger. When he gets here, he'll have quite a surprise. And then, if my plan carries out as intended, and they always do, the bumbling buffoons will exterminate the natives for me. And I will be able to swoop in and purchase their land for an absurdly cheap price. Pennies, an acre, giddy, and all of it rich with silver, unbeknownst to the dupes. You'll show them all, boss. Meanwhile, in the town of Deadwood Dry Gulch, a suspicious ranger does some detective work over the now-trampled body rotting in the center of town. I guess this is as good a place as any to begin my search. Let's see... Excuse me, mister, you probably won't be missing whatever's in your hand right there. He finds the dead dunce's decomposed digits clutching a note. Dear Gideon, note to self. Remember to kill this prospector. Love, Gideon and Professor Codswabble. P.S. Don't forget to throw this note out. Come on, Ranger, the policy's almost ready to flush them engines out. Sheriff, I think you might want to take a look at this here note I found. I ain't got no time to read. In fact, I never had no time to learn how to read. I got a people to protect, if you'll excuse me. Well, then, it looks like I'm on my own. Come on, Tonto. That's what I named my horse. To the scene of the crime. Meanwhile, back in the den of the deadly dastard. All right, Gideon. Here's the rifle. You know what to do, don't you? Uh, hang on. I dropped my note. Read it to me. Kill the fearless ranger. What are you going to kill him with? This rifle. Where are you going to do it from? The, uh, overlook. <laughs> Good lad, Gideon. Here's the bullets. Now be off with you, you blundering baboon. Little does our paragon of a protagonist, our antithesis to the antagonist, know he's riding into a tricky trap. It doesn't surprise me that Professor Codswabble is up to no good. But what could the professor possibly stand to gain by framing up the Indians? Besides, the professor usually likes to take credit for his dastardly deeds. 
Take five, Tonto. I've got to check for clues. Unbeknownst to our hero, the simpering sycophant's fingers tighten around the trigger of a rifle aimed at his head. He takes aim and whispers, You're finished, Ranger! But the fearless Ranger, sensing trouble, is too quick for the dim-witted assassin. However, his horse Tonto is not so lucky. Tonto rears up and is shot. A final sacrifice for his master. You're in for it now, Gideon. Your days of villainy are over. Suddenly, the lackey takes a bullet and tumbles to the ground. No man can withstand the swift bullet of justice. Now to take care of that pesky professor once and for all. The hero braves the baffling bastion of the cliff that housed the hideous fiend. Without missing a step, he creeps upward. Mmm, looks as though that buffoon Gideon was done in. I expected as much. <laughs> now time to ready my trap. A quick run through. First, the ranger shall trip the wire, releasing the counterweight, sending the boulders down onto the inclined plane, in turn lifting up the lever and activating my cold-driven piston engine. The vibrations will knock a purposefully loosened stalactite that will drop onto my collection of fine china. Distraught over the shattered wealth, he'll look over in dismay, and that's when I'll shoot him! <laughs> Our hero comes to the entrance of the Sneedly Scholar's lair and prepares to enter. He draws his trusty gun and ventures forth bravely. The jig is up, you third-raid cattle rustler. I deduced your plan to rob the Indians blind during my climb. Come out and face me like a man. Figured me out, have you, you self-righteous cowboy? Well, unfortunately for you, I have one more trick up my sleeve. <laughs> But unfortunately for the pernicious professor, even the best laid plans of man and machine can go horribly awry. His death trap malfunctions, and in moments the entire cavern is enveloped in smoke. The cowardly professor, seeing a chance at escape, bolts through a side exit in the cave. Stop! I've got your beautiful bride to be strapped to the train tracks down there! Joke's on you, bub. The riders forgot to ride in a love interest. The ranger, his sultry silhouette shadowed by shafts of sunlight, pauses to ponder for a moment. I hope that tasted sweet, Codswobble, because you just got your just dessert. Tune in next week for more adventures of the fearless ranger. As it gets colder, you might see a lot more people light up around campus to stay warm. What do students think about smoking on campus anyway? Let's ask Grant Buckner. Now, I'm a feller with a heart of gold with the ways of a gentleman, I've been told. The kind of a feller that wouldn't even harm a flea. But if me and a certain character met, the guy that invented the cigarette, I'd murder that son of a gun in the first degree. Now, it ain't cause that I don't smoke myself, and I don't reckon they hinder your health. I've smoked them all my life, and I ain't dead yet. But nicotine slaves are all the same at a petting party or a poker game. Everything's got to stop while they have that cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Puff, puff, puff 
do you smoke yourself to death? It doesn't really bother me. I'm not a smoker. to make him wait. Stinks for us to be behind someone, especially walking through a tunnel or behind someone. It's like, ugh. What do you guys think about a smoking policy on campus? Smoking on campus is fine with me. Doesn't really bother me. Is annoying when it gets in your face, and uh, I don't really have a problem with it unless they're blowing it in your face. As long as they're away from me and not blowing it in my face, I don't like it when people blow it in my face while I'm walking to class. The only problems I have is when I'm walking to class and it's blowing in my face. As long as it's not inside a building or anything, it's not really affecting anyone else. Then didn't raise the bed. Personally, well, I hate the smell of it. My parents smoke, and I can't stand the smell of it. So if I, like, bike through a cloud of smoke, it kind of makes me a little sick to my stomach. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Huff, 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 if you smoke yourself to death. Oh, oh, I'm smoking all day long. <laughs> it's not, it don't, I don't think it bothers anybody. It's not outside. Good way to relieve stress in between classes. Everyone needs a cigarette. I think it's stupid. I don't think they should ban it on campus. It doesn't. I don't see the big problem in somebody smoking. I think designated areas would be okay, but I live on tobacco farms, so it'd be kind of hypocritical for me to say no smoking and grow it. I think students should be free to smoke outside as long as it's 25 feet away from buildings. Um, I think it's more so the policy needs to be enforced. That's the larger trend that I've seen. I just got to have another cigarette. Smoke, smoke, smoke that cigarette. Pop, 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 and if you smoke yourself to death. the Triangle, I'm Grant Buckner, 88.1 WKNC. Just got to have another cigarette. And now here to present holidays of the week uh, in lieu of DeAndre Jones, we have Grant Buckner. What should we be celebrating this week, Grant? Today is actually Sadie Hawkins Day. It originated from a cartoon in the 1930s called Lil Abner. And in the show, the mayor of Dogpatch, which I guess was the town, uh, was desperate to marry off his ugly daughter, whose name was actually Sadie Hawkins. So he sets up a race where all the single men in the town were given a short head start, but if a woman caught a man, he had to marry her. And... Oh, that's the, that's the real story behind it? That is the, what happened in the cartoon, which is why the holiday exists. Oh, it, they host Sadie Hawkins' dances. Yeah, and those also came from the cartoon. Huh. I did not know that. <laughs> but the holiday largely died out, but the races apparently still happen on some college campuses. Really? Yeah. What happens if you lose or win? How do you win or lose? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> not entirely sure. Okay. Uh, but the day, like the actual holiday... Uh, remained popular for around 40 years after the cartoon aired. Huh, imagine. But uh, tomorrow is Operating Room Nurse Day. So it's in honor of the nurses who care for patients before, during, and immediately after surgery. That sounds like quite an intense job. It, I'm assuming it is. I haven't experienced it personally. I guess they... Yeah, yeah you should celebrate them. <laughs> they, they do important work. Yeah, Say thank you to important. a nurse. It has its roots in Iowa. When on November 14th of 1989, the then governor of Iowa, Terry Branstad, established it. So he had a soft spot for nurses, apparently. Huh. <laughs> Thursday marks Clean Your Refrigerator Day. So this one is probably the most relevant to college students. <laughs> 
You guys need to clean your fridges out? Uh, I, probably. I don't actually have a lot of stuff in my fridge. I have uh, drinks. But that's, are you one that's of those? Are you just like a typical guy that just has condiments? <laughs> I don't even have, I have any condiments. mustard, ketchup, and that's it. I have ketchup in packets that I don't need to refrigerate. <laughs> oh, goodness. Awkward sauce in that fridge. Um, the rumors were started that Whirlpool originated, like Whirlpool appliances. Yeah. But there's no confirmation on that. But it's speculated that it was placed just before Thanksgiving to make room for holiday leftovers. That would make sense. Which is repetitively a problem for my family because we have so much stuff in our fridge all the time. Who is speculating this stuff anyway? Uh, <laughs> it is from a fun website that oh. just lists crazy holidays. Okay, then. <laughs> Let's see. Friday is have a party with your bear day. With your bear. Not making that up. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. You sit down and have a party with your teddy bear. Okay. <laughs> Not an actual bear. If you have a pet bear, I suppose you could also party with him. I wish I had a pet bear. Yeah. Uh, there's there's no there's no uh, semblance of where this holiday came from, but my little sisters celebrate this on the reg. So. Really? Well, mm. that's good. That's cute. <laughs> I don't think they know it's an official holiday, though. Well, you can tell them and they'll, they'll party. Saturday is National Adoption Day which holds a special place in my heart. This day was created to finalize thousands of annual adoptions and to celebrate and give recognition to families that adopt children. It is also intended to raise awareness of the tens of thousands of children awaiting adoption. That's that's a good cause. That's really important. I, 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 certainly think, so. I think we should urge our listeners not to go out and adopt a child just because of the holiday. Though. Well, yeah, don't do it on the fly. But, no. <laughs> Make an informed decision, but consider it seriously. Apparently, it's promoted and sponsored by a variety of child care and adoption groups, but again... That doesn't surprise me. Who knows who started it? No one's taking credit. But in 2006, it was celebrated in all 50 states, Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico. Oh. That's nice. I thought so. Sunday is Occult Day, so all things hidden and mysterious, I suppose, are celebrated. Huh. Okay, then. <laughs> I don't know where you'd even begin to look for that. <laughs> exactly, that's the point. It's secret. Ironically, <laughs> the oranges, the oranges, the origins of the day are unknown. Oh, much fitting. like the mysterious <laughs> day itself. And uh, let's see, Monday is have a bad day day. That sounds like a terrible oh, holiday. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a Monday, so I feel like every Monday's have a bad day day. Why Wait. would they try to make it worse? Well, <laughs> it's it's actually a copyrighted holiday created by the people at wellcat.com. And the intent was to have salespeople stop saying to their customers, have a good day, and replace it with have a bad day. Oh, that's... I I can get behind that. I'm still lost. Well, I mean, <laughs> have a good day is like is this weird colloquial invention. Nobody really said it before the services industry really picked up in America. So, I mean, I've, I have heard people like trying to discourage its use because it's sort of just a meaningless phrase that you say to customers... Okay, well, well, thank you for that, Grant. <laughs> Anytime. Um, so now let's see what's happening around NC State in this week's community calendar. Here again is Grant Buckner. So you can see. Here's what's going on at NC State. Tomorrow, November 14th, marks the second day of the NCSU Grad Fair. During the event, students may purchase caps, gowns, and diploma frames at 10% off the regular price at the NC State Bookstore, located in Harrelson Hall. Also on Wednesday will be the ribbon-cutting ceremony for NC State's co-generation utility plant at 2 p.m. 
join NC State's Facilities Division to celebrate a milestone achievement in North Carolina State University's ongoing pursuit of sustainability, energy conservation, and transformation. Admission is free, but space is limited, so RSVP online. The movie, The Dark Knight Rises, begins playing Wednesday night in Witherspoon Student Theater at 7 p.m. Go online for more dates and movie times. At 7.30 on Wednesday night, University Theater presents the play Alice in Wonderland. Go online for more movie times and ticketing information. On Thursday, November 15th, head to Carmichael Gym between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. for the first annual health fair to hear from several speakers and to check out the various vendors. There will be a door prize and refreshments available. Also on Thursday, check out the Study Abroad Photo Contest exhibit in Caldwell Lounge between 11 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. The celebration will include a photo showcase, food, drinks, and the chance to chat with people about studying abroad. On Friday, November 16th, Witherspoon Student Theater will be playing the 1975 film Rocky Horror Picture Show, free of charge at 9.30 p.m. Friday at midnight, Witherspoon will be playing Disney's Pocahontas for free also. On Saturday, head down to the Craft Center for the annual Crafts Fair between 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Meet the crafts people and enjoy complimentary refreshments while shopping for unique items for yourself or the special people on your holiday gift list. Go hear the Raleigh Civic Symphony celebrate NC State's 125th anniversary with music from our university's founding year on Sunday, November 18th at 4 p.m. in Stewart Theater. Go online for ticketing information. On Monday, November 19th, hear NC State's premier all-female a cappella group, Ladies in Red, perform in Stewart Theater at 7 p.m. as they, too, celebrate 125 years of NC State. For more information on these events and more, go to ncsu.edu forward slash calendar. Brian the Triangle, I'm Grant Buckner, 88.1 WKNC. Well, that just about wraps up all we have for you this week. A big thanks to Gene Zernoff and Grant Buckner for their contributions. We'd also like to thank uh, Kalyani Joshi for taking the time to sit down with us this week, and I apologize for mispronouncing your name earlier. And from all of us here at Eye on the Triangle, we thank you for tuning in. And as always, if you heard anything you liked, you hated, or anything just made you think, let us know on our Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter at WKNC underscore EOT. Also, be sure to check out our blog at WKNC.org. Until next week. Good night.